0: Arrow Podcast, committed to taking you beyond the pursuit. It's actually really refreshing to sit down and look at you while we talk deer hunting. Yeah, no kidding. Devin uh, Devin Cole here. He's our guest today. He's he's one of the only people that I can call. At any time of day, <laughs> no, like any time, mm-hmm. any time of day, and you'll you'll answer the phone, and I just know that you'll be thinking about white-tailed deer, like I am. Dude, it's bad. It's a sickness. <laughs> it's really bad. It is. Uh, I don't know if it's healthy or not.
1: It depends who you ask. Yeah. I mean, I think it's healthy to be have something that that interests you that much, you can focus on that kind of thing. But you yes, ask one of our lady friends, they might tell you a little different. <laughs> but, no. Your, it's, your wife.
0: Yeah. We're a little more than lady friends. I don't even know if I've actually announced to the Painted Arrow public that I'm officially engaged.
1: Yeah, congratulations, man.
0: Yeah, that's really... Like, that's
1: a big move. It's a life, life-changing deal there.
0: That happened on Halloween. That's exciting. So maybe... uh I'll have to bring Lexi on sometime and we'll talk.
1: Yeah, give the full ru- full
0: rundown there, yeah. But I really I want to start off talking about your uh your deer season here. Okay. And uh
1: I think we should start with the bow the bow buck. Okay. That was November uh thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. Two days before opener of Guns. So season. so lay that hunt out for us. Well, <clears throat> so I guess I'll back up a little bit, but, um, this off season, if you want to call it an off season, I spent a ton of time focused on the small property that you and I have talked about a hundred times on here that my parents own. That's the 22 acre parcel. Um, I spent a lot of time out there kind of laying things out a little differently this year, taking notes from that we had from last year and thinking about things we wanted to change. And I was cutting up a ton of deadfall to try to, just help how the deer flowed through the woods a little better. I planted a food plot, made it a little bigger than I did previously and was really focused on trying to better that property. Mm-hmm. And so early October and most, basically most of October I hunted that property really, really hard. And in a lot of cases I think I might've over hunted it or I just, you know, I, I went and hunted it on days that weren't optimal when I could have been a little smarter. I'm mean, like, you know, yeah, date the date says that this is a perfect day to go hunting but you know i just kind of forced myself into stands when i shouldn't have i think and um long story short you know i had some good encounters in october but didn't uh didn't have any opportunities to actually seal the deal out there and aside from that property i've got the privilege of um hunting a couple other pieces that uh, a good buddy of mine has given me permission on his his parents own 60 acres i do want to wrap back to your
0: your food plot yeah yeah yeah. i want to talk about that and it will because of the next year but yeah yeah
1: so aside from that property i've got a good buddy who his parents have a 60 acre uh, parcel and then his grandfather owns i don't even know i think it's somewhere over 250 acres or something how many
0: acres do you think an individual like just an average person average hunter hunts and i know we're in the midwest yeah obviously michigan's a little different but if it just Somebody's listening to this. I mean, it can't be very many.
1: Yeah, I mean. We're talking private land. It's weird because you hear people talking about hunting a small 80-acre parcel. And to somebody out west who owns, like, you know, has a private ranch or whatever, I mean, 80 acres can be considered a small property. I think for our purposes and around here, I would consider an 80-acre parcel a really good chunk of property to hunt. (laughs) I mean, I, I would cons- <laughs> I, I would consider that large from from what I grew up hunting on.
0: I would, I would consider that massive.
1: Yeah. So, I would say, I mean, I. So many different directions we could go here, but I've heard of a lot of deer killed this year, and and just heard a lot more deer stories. And I feel like the common thing, common theme, among those stories was like a lot of people are killing deer on ten, fifteen, five acres. And that, I mean that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I think that Michigan is one of those Midwest states where it is so diverse. There's so much cover Mm -hmm. and habitat. And ag. Yeah, I mean, it's just enough of the mix, right? Mm -hmm. Where there's just enough public, there's just enough private, there's just enough ag, there's just enough swamp. Where, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking Midwest, like Ohio, Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. Wisconsin. These states can hold serious numbers of deer. Yep, for sure. So, like you said, 10 acres versus 80, I mean, you're going to get opportunities Mm -hmm. even on five acres of property because they're moving and and the diversity.
1: I mean, on a five-acre parcel, you're not going to go hunt that every night and see the same group of does or the same buck because that property is not holding those deer. But if you've got, like you said, ag around you or swamp or like the adjacent properties are some of these really good things that whitetails need for habitat and food and that kind of thing, then you're going to see deer near your little five-acre parcel a lot. Yeah, and I think I have heard of a lot of people being successful on small parcels this year. Which I mean, I'm sure happens every year. I've just probably paid a little more attention to it this year.
0: I interrupted you right about 60 acres.
1: Yeah, so so my buddy's got his parents own 60 that that we we hunt a little bit, and then his grandpa has a pretty big parcel that's over 250 acres. Mm. And I don't necessarily just you know have free rein or go out there whenever I want. But if if he's going out for the weekend, he he often it invites me. It seems like me.
0: it's a weekend thing
1: yeah yeah i mean he doesn't hunt a ton during the week just because of work and that kind of thing um he doesn't even live here in town so it's a little bit of a commute for him to get here so it definitely kind of becomes a weekend deer camp thing that i think do. that
0: it almost like works out too because of like the overpressuring you don't want to do mm-hmm. it seems to be it seems to be ideal
1: yeah because if i like you know if i make it out to the property that i spent most of my time on at my parents i make it out there couple nights a week during the actual week Mm. and then you know he if he invites me out there during the uh the weekends it it balances again we could go a hundred different ways with this but i
0: just want to say like it seems to kind of be like a relationship that almost everybody kind of has like during the prime time deer season when everybody's going out in october and you know prime time rut november you really gotta fend for yourself when it comes to hunting property yeah you really do I mean, it's just like this unsaid thing. Like, yeah, you want to hunt with your buddies, but like when we're talking 10 acres and 20 acres and 60 acres, like a couple guys could overhunt that in a weekend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think it's awesome. First off, that you, your buddies obviously allowing you to go out there mm-hmm. and have, that's awesome. Yep. But I also think it's like worth mentioning that, like, for example, you tagged out. I think it's awesome that you allow like me tonight. I went out hunting on your property, mm-hmm. saw 30 deer, yeah. n- none of which had antlers on them. <laughs> thirty like, baldies. Yeah, but it's just like it it's the I love that how yeah. it's a little give and take.
1: It is. It is. I mean, and again, there's so many different ways I could go with this conversation, but I think we need to tie this in at the end to your Keep Hunting podcast with Al. Yeah. Because I've got some interesting like insights or like comparisons or just different yeah. things that I had happen this year that kind of tie in, but but yeah, I mean <clears throat> you know people definitely fend for themselves and and in a lot of cases are selfish about where they go hunt but i just really feel like i don't know i mean i i try to be generous with the people that are close to me because you know you uh you offer it up and good things happen to you too so I and mean, that really <laughs> yeah and that hit home this oh, year oh we too, gotta so. mention
0: too like with al's podcast there is a buck story coming we're just building that yeah up. yeah yeah we have to <laughs> yeah we're, just, we're building up for yeah, the yeah the the deer story so stay stay tuned
1: so yeah i mean in again so in recent years past focusing a ton on on transforming my parents property but myself as a hunter i've been identifying a lot more as a, a hardcore archer like I, I really enjoy archery season mm. if i had it my way i'd be tagged out every year before the gun season got here yeah just just because, you know, people talk about the orange army coming in and the number of hunters that are in the woods goes up exponentially come November 15th. So yeah. it's, I guess it's more from a competition standpoint than it is like, I mean, there's definitely something more pure about hunting, at least for me with a bow. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, have focused a lot on and be, have really fallen in love with archery, um, and so I think that's why I hunted so hard at the beginning of October and mm-hmm. basically through October because I was so eager to get it done with my bow. Mm-hmm. And um, all of this leading up to say, um, like, first, for end of the first week and most of the second week of November I had off. I had saved up vacation time and kind of decided that I was going to take a rutcation. Um, the way that the weather fell this year was really weird. I, don't, I mean, I know you took some time off too, and it was weird because we, like, yeah. half of it we had 70 degree days Yeah, it was and then and then there was just a massive cold front on the back of it
0: All right, that was yeah
1: that just completely turned a deer on there they were like I mean it was nuts but so I took some time off and uh we took the same days off we did
0: it was the the week before it was November 1st through November 7th those that week in there and mm-hmm. then November 8th through November 15th I took some days in there that were the same. I think it was like three days in the second week.
1: Yeah, so I took, uh, so Friday was the 13th, Thursday's the 12th, Wednesday's the 11th, Tuesday's the 10th. So I had Tuesday, November 10th through the rest of that week off. Mm -hmm. Tuesday was like really disgusting weather, really, really hot. It was pouring rain. I didn't even hunt Tuesday. Got some stuff done around the house. And then I got, I had checked my cameras late on Tuesday and saw some really good deer action. Uh, bucks were showing up like just before daybreak, so I started. I hunted Wednesday morning. The uh, I guess that'd be the eleventh. Mm-hmm. I and can't I had remember the days that well. Wednesday, mo- Wednesday, November eleventh. I I hunted that morning and had a killer set. Saw like six bucks. I was texting you because I was watch. I watched two shooters stay like skirt me at sixty yards and walk right by the stand that I was debating getting in. Mm. So that was a little bit of a bummer, but I had bucks chasing, saw a really good deer, didn't close the deal there. Yeah, that was a really good day for you. Yeah, and then I had told you there was this buck that he was, he was for sure two and a half, but he had broken off basically his main beam on the right side, and I was gonna take a shot at him, but it was a little far, and I didn't. My buddy Ryan, because I sat that whole day, my buddy Ryan, our buddy Ryan, yeah, joined me. That night, he got out of work and snuck out there to the back corner of the property and ended up killing that deer that night. Yep. So that was cool, good for him. That would be the first deer taken off my my parents' property in and around that food plot. So it was good. I mean, we saw a lot of deer. I I mean, I think between yourself, myself, and Ryan this year, we saw more deer, I think, due to that food plot on that property than I've ever seen.
0: Oh, hands down.
1: For sure. And it's so
0: key that, like, your whole i don't want to get into it too much but like you we it was very planned out and Mm -hmm. thought yeah thought through yeah it wasn't willy-nilly right and that's what's so i think
1: fulfilling and again we'll 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 come back around to that but i'll I'll go back to where we're supposed to be going here so november 11th i hunt see a lot of good deer ryan kills the deer that night i didn't didn't get a shot that was on my parents property um friday the 13th my good buddy um tyler invites me to hunt at the uh his grand- grandfather's big parcel so we sneak out together out there at like 2:30. Mhm. Um and I'm telling you this is like the hunt of my life. In terms of <laughs> in terms of action scene. So this yeah. is November the 13th. At this point I'm kind of kicking myself because I just took a full week off like I'm just kind of down on my 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 luck because I'm seeing good deer but I'm just not they're not coming close enough. I'm not in the right, exactly the right spot to get the yeah. opportunity with the bow, and I'm just I'm kind of having a pity party a little bit. So he invites me out there, and um, so we're getting ready to go out, and uh, he's looking at his bow, and he's like, ba- basically we find out his bow is jacked up, and the circlip had come off the axle. Like, his limb was jacked up, so he, he makes a game-time decision. He's like, is it cool if I just come sit with you because my bow is jacked up? And so we went and sat this double together. Um, in this really open piece of timber that we both love so he comes and sits with me and uh we get out there like I said at like 2 30 and we climb up and I, we're not we're not in the stand for 10 minutes before we just see it you know it's just all hell breaks loose like mm. a six point comes tearing through and there's no does in sight he's just running aimlessly like his his lip flopped open, his his tongue yeah. hanging out. He's just running aimlessly, nose to the ground, just sprinting everywhere. I mean, he runs by us out of sight, comes flying back in. We had a, a four point same behavior, just flying all around. So we're like, okay, bucks are on their feet. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. Like we're we're in for a pretty good night. And uh, so so they, they were there was you didn't see any does no there was no does these these deer were just. It was completely. acting as if they were chasing, but they were, like, just frantically sprinting around trying to find a doe. Mm. There clearly had to have been a hot doe in the area or passed through there recently, and they were just, like, they just knew that that block of timber somewhere, she like was in there just somewhere. They were trying to find like, something. Yep. Yeah, and they were just dead sprint, but then would just make, like, a 180-degree turn if, if, like, it was really weird. It was like watching a dog follow a trail. Like, mm. they just were mm-hmm. nose to the ground but really moving quick. So we, we saw a six point and a four point and a spike and just a bunch of really young deer all exhibiting that same behavior, and then we had about a fifteen to twenty minute lull in the action where we just we weren't seeing deer, and I was like, and, and the wind was slowly starting to die, and it was one of those warmer days, but it was just starting to cool off, and I was like, I look at Tyler, I'm like, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna l- grab the rattle bag and let it have it, like the wind's starting to die, if there really is a hot doe in here, maybe the rattle bag gets gets some buck bucks on their feet early mm-hmm. and uh so I just get after it like I'm just wailing on this thing November 13th and uh we're in this double stand but we're both standing up turned around in the stand facing the tree because the way that the stand is facing almost all the deer activity is behind you which it kind of works out well because it's on a huge tree and in a lot of ways that that tree covers you when you're kind of looking around it at the deer behind you and so I'm, I'm wailing on this rattle bag, and to my right, like... Were you grunting in between? So Tyler was, because he could, didn't have his bow, he was kind of designated caller and grunt, grunter. So I, I rattled pretty pretty good, and then he throws a couple, of, like, contact grunts in, and he had this little uh, doe bleak can, you know, where you just tip them over yep. and then it back mm-hmm. over. Yeah, hit that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hit that a couple times, and and within, like... Three minutes of me putting the rattle back not even like a couple like maybe two minutes of me putting that rattle back down like 60 yards to my right a spike steps out and so I'm watching him pull up my binoculars I'm watching him and then right behind him a 10 point steps out probably he the 10 point might have only been two and a half just good genetics type of deer Just good genetics type real type good, of deer. Like, like I mean I, I probably would have taken him Tyler was telling me if that deer comes in you're, you're taking him and then behind him steps out at like a three or a four and a half year old really really big eight point, point. and I mean I'm kind of telling the story and fast forward, but that spike had worked out and walked right down behind our tree the way we're facing mm-hmm. at thirty six yards just walked right by the ten point was kind of mirroring the same behavior and so i i I have one of those single pin adjustable sights, and I roll my sight to thirty six yards assuming these bucks are kind of just bo- all going to work mm-hmm. down this same path behind the tree. <clears throat> well, the spike did that and then the 10 point and the 8 point were just kind of lingering, grazing, scent checking. Um they didn't follow the same path. They kind of started to push off and mm-hmm. I mean, you're watching two shooter deer, so time's passing and you're not really realizing it because you're watching shooter yeah, bucks. Yeah. And uh <clears throat> we as time's passing, we we do a little bit more calling. Um to try to see if we can get them to close the distance a little bit all that calling we're doing i mean there's other deer that we're not paying attention to yeah i know exactly what you mean like you just you're you're zoned so zoned in on these i mean these are two really nice bucks like yeah i mean we're that's all i'm focused on is how do i get those to come here so i can shoot them you know what i mean like so you're so focused on that we're doing a little call and all of a sudden, like I. I hear a pop, but it's not like, hey, something's closing the distance. It's like, hey, there's something right behind me right now. So there's something walking through the pipeline, like directly over my right shoulder. The way that the stand's actually facing, he would be right in front of us. Like okay. he's already inside 20 yards, whatever it is. And so we're facing the tree, as I said, and and I go, Tyler, there's a there's something behind me. And he he kind of looks, he goes, it's a buck, shooter buck, shooter buck. And so we're watching two shooter bucks, but then there's an eight point that just Shows up right behind us, no clue where he came from because we're so intently focused on what's going on over here. And there is basically one tree between myself and him, and he stopped right behind it. So I took my chance and I grabbed my bow and I spun around and drew immediately. And as soon as he stepped out, I shot and I watched my arrow sail way over his back. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, shoot, I'm sitting there like, What just happened? And like, I hang my bow out, and I'm like, literally just trying to figure out what happened. And I look at my sight, and I'm like, so oh my yards. gosh, I had rolled my single pin to 36 yards, watching those other bucks, trying to, you know, I mean, I was so calm, just, I mean, it felt beautiful, the way everything, I mean, I've shot more this year than I've ever shot, so it was it was methodical. What, what, type of, what type of deer are we talking, though, like, at eight point? Uh, you know, he, I didn't get a good look at him, because it happened so quick. He had a darker rack, I want to say he was probably a three and a half year old deer, but he may have been really really old and regressing like his rack wasn't huge but he looked like he looked like a like a war veteran like he just looked mangy and and beat up and so he was either a young deer or he was a an old old deer that was kind of regressing but still i mean uh uh, it was you see his rack oh he's a shooter type thing yeah um so shot and then i just kind of sit down and i do like the the mental inventory like okay like I didn't do anything wrong i just i had i had adjusted my sight like just trying to put 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 the pieces back together in my head on what happened there so i set my sight back to nominal and i'm like okay that just can't happen again and uh all the, so I, I knock another arrow and these other two bucks that we were watching the whole time are still way out wait so what did that deer do that you shot at? Did it did take off he he bounded a couple of times stopped look around and then just kind of what worked way away from us like he he knew something happened but he uh right he didn't pick us out of the tree or anything so, I knock another arrow, and we spin back around, and we're watching the deer that we had been watching, and um, they they keep kind of working farther away from us, and so we're like, well, let's let's just try to rattle again, and so we rattle, and another buck come that we hadn't seen comes out of the field and meets up with these two other bucks that we had seen. So the rattling I was doing gave a like they gave a very realistic scenario to it because they came in and saw each other right and then they were like oh maybe something's really going on in here (laughs) maybe that's a real rattle yeah so they I mean they made it more realistic for me right um and long story short that one of the big bucks works by and he he's coming in and it it was a long shot like probably he was what, what I thought was 50 yards and I'm and he stopped and he's just standing beautifully and I'm like Tyler you know how far is he Tyler says 55 yards and I said 55 yards he said 55 yards so I roll my sight to 55 I draw back I have all the time in the world because he's just standing there and I shoot so this is a second second buck and this time it goes over his back by even more so I've missed a second deer at this point mentally like I'm not even taking the time to figure out what just happened because I'm like I just missed a second shooter but like some people don't even see this many deer you know or get opportunities like this in a year what just happened I guess fast forwarding when we got down and found my arrows, whatever Tyler was ranging wasn't the deer, and he the deer was actually standing at forty five. He gave a little bit, a ten yard. He might have hit a tree behind it or something, and gave so I, I adjusted to what he said, but ended up shooting over the deer. So over over adjusted, yeah. So now I'm 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 bummed, but Tyler's like, you know he he's kind of like you know who cares what just happened there, you know whether you misheard me or whatever like. <laughs> Just get your arrow knocked. Like, there's still deer everywhere. Yeah. And, um, and that deer. So, so the whole time we had been facing the tree, that mm-hmm. deer came from behind us. He, after we shot him, he worked back the way that the stand was actually facing. So now we're the both. The second deer. Yes. Yeah. So now we're both sitting in the stand the way the stand's intended, with yep. the tree at our back. Looking forward. And this deer, because I missed by so much, he had really no clue what happened. And he's just, um, kind of sitting there and we're doing a little bit of grunting at him and he's like almost acting like he's going to commit and come back and we're like you've got to be kidding me but he then he doesn't but he he doesn't really go anywhere he just kind of just you said that was a really good deer too he was a really good deer like a like a i mean he i don't know i don't know because i didn't see him i mean actually story coming full circle i think tyler ended up shooting him in gun season and i think it was probably 125 130 inch year Okay. maybe mm-hmm. something like that just a really good eight point yeah for the state of michigan yeah um so so we're watching him grunting trying to get him to recommit he's not going anywhere but he's not really coming back and all that calling we're doing those bucks that we had been watched some more some of those bucks that we had been watching behind us when we were facing the tree are responding to that calling and so that buck's not committing and tyler like hears a pop and looks over his shoulder he's like Devin. there's another buck at 60 yards. He's like on the other side of this wood pile. Yeah. He's like, knock your arrow, zero your sight, you're going to kill this deer. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. So we stand up and we're facing the tree, Mm. which like we stood up and faced the tree to get a shot at this deer that was behind us. But the other buck that I had missed hadn't really gone anywhere. So, you know, I'm kind of having to think, well, he's going to bust us or something, right? So we're standing up and Tyler hits this, that doe bleak can and mm. this buck runs a like a horseshoe around this wood pile and just is marching right to our tree and I I'm drawn before Tyler like tells me to draw and he's like and I was, I was just getting ready to stop him and shoot him and Tyler's just like wait wait cuz he was just coming and coming and coming and you know he's just like wait 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 and then he goes kill him and I went stopped him and Freaking, just pinwheeled him at 18 yards. We watched him go down 50 yards away, um, which at that point, I mean, that's, it was so reassuring because of the amount of shooting that I had done. It's like I can shoot straight Yeah, <laughs> like
0: I was like, what the heck?
1: Like it was just, I mean, it had come, it came full circle. The first one, mental error, sight wasn't set in the right spot. Second time, communication error between the two of us on where that deer was or whatever. Um, so this time I was just like, you know, my sight is zeroed. I know I'm shooting pretty flat out to you know, twenty-seven yards. If I let him get inside that, there's no question; it's on me. I'm gonna kill him. Yeah. And he was clearly inside that, and it was just—it was good to. And now he's sitting behind you with a Euro mount. Yeah, there he is. Yep. So that was—I mean—a killer hunt. Just from the stamp, just the amount of bucks that we saw on their feet early in the evening, looking for does. I mean, it was really, really cool. I learned, I feel like I learned a lot of things about just watching the deer behavior, like responding to our calls or just acknowledging the calls, just what they're doing. And I think there being multiple bucks in this area, you know, gave a certain level of realism to what we were doing. Like they believed it more because they saw each other. I don't know, but yeah, it was just crazy hunt. Um, I think that, um, I think it's, I've
0: done a lot of rattling, and I, I don't know if we maybe differ on this view, but I don't, I don't think in certain states that rattling works as good as it does others. And I can't say this from experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't gone to Kansas and rattled on a rattle bag mm-hmm. and seen a big old. I just don't think it's as realistic to hear, like, big bucks
1: fighting. Yeah. I, I just have never seen it. I haven't either. I mean, I saw quite a few bucks sparring this year, like not intensely fighting. Man, but I hate to sound like somebody listening be like, oh, you're stupid, Nate. But like, I'm telling you, like,
0: have you ever? And we put in time
1: in the woods. No, I haven't seen any, like, just getting after it. Have you even it, heard like, it? Fight. Yeah, I've heard some. You have? Yeah. Well, I think what was interesting to me is our buddy Ryan sent me an article this year that he read, and I spent some time reading it. And this guy that wrote the article's view was that a realistic rattling session should and could last anywhere from two to five minutes which i felt like was excessively long but yeah the article said a good rattling session can last two to five minutes what where, in his opinion where some guys get into trouble is they're just getting after it and banging them for two not, to five minutes it's more where, broken up yeah And and this guy was like it should honestly sound more like like a hog chewing on a a mountain dew bottle for two minutes like just kind of mostly light crackling with some then sharp pops like where they're actually locking up but then mostly right. just like just light crackling and just kind of like tickling the antlers type thing sure so that's m- more or less what i put into action this year you know whether it worked whether it didn't i don't know um have you ever like usually like i I, I almost grunt at every deer that like, a shooter buck coming in even
0: if it's not a shooter buck. If I just want to like you know just to see if something will come in kind Mm -hmm. of thing, I've had multiple scenarios that I could I could tell you a story of where I, you know I've gotten attention of the deer. It's Mm -hmm. been a couple minutes and the deer's not really responding and eventually the deer walks off and I give a little rattle, like just something real soft Mm -hmm. and it actually spooks them. Mm -hmm.
1: Versus, I think it's very it's very dependent on where, in my opinion, just from what I've seen. Yeah, I feel like it's very dependent on where the deer are at in the breeding cycle or in the rut, like in the bell curve of the rut, like how fired up they are. I think that's entirely, it definitely depends on that, but like you got to get the deer in the right frame of mind. And it's gotta be the right deer. Like some deer are more social than others. And I think I heard an analogy that was really interesting. Like when you rattle, the buck's not necessarily coming in to say, whoever's doing this, I'm going to kick your ass. Sometimes it's that, right. but, But Just curious. This analogy was like, hey, they're curious creatures. Like, if if you and I are walking down the street and two guys get into a fight and are kicking each other's asses, we're going to go over there and we want to see it. Like, everybody's pulling their phones out. They want to see it. Like It's more the curiosity. Like, what's going on over there? I I think that in, in some cases it's more that. Yeah. Because... Like, there's been some loud rattling sequences that I'm doing, and, like, a spike shows up. I'm like, he can't think he was coming in to, to win this battle. He <laughs> ain't got no idea. He, he's more like, okay, what are these guys fighting about? And Maybe right. there's a doe over there. I'm going to go see what's going on.
0: That's what I love about that whole story the most is that, like, it, it there had to have been a couple hot doe in the area. If we got bucks just sprinting in an opposite, there's, there's obviously never a seen scent anything in the like, air. Yeah,
1: I had never seen anything like it. And these deer, like, I mean, his tongue was just flapping in the wind, hanging out of his mouth. Well, they when he was just sprinting in all directions, frantic, like that, that's the way I would describe it. It's like, he was just frantic. Like he wanted his eyes to see what his nose was smelling. Mm. Like he was just like, I need to find her, but I need to find her right now before somebody else does. Like he, they were just, they were sprinting. And then when we rattled and three more bucks just show up, I was like, what is going on? Mm. So, I mean, I think the scent put them in the area and then maybe the rattling gave them some curiosity, but When that deer, the deer that I ended up killing, when that deer was at sixty and Tyler hit that doe bleat two times, Mm -hmm. he was just like, like a zombie on a rope, just walking to the base of our tree. Yeah, hadn't like didn't look up, didn't care. Like, he he honestly believed whether it's the amount of bucks that he saw and the rattling that we were doing and the grunting. Like, I think all of it kind of painted this picture where he hurt. He was like, where is she? where is she out in the pipeline behind you like where is she and he just walked straight in and as soon as he was inside 20 yards i was like you know you made made your final mistake my friend you know
0: uh you you listened or i know i told you but you listened to the podcast me and alex my brother did Mm -hmm. where he shot that big buck eight yards with his trad bow and we didn't recover it correct that deer i'm 95 percent sure i went and sat that stand Mm -hmm. After he tagged out.
1: Yeah. In your stand. Yeah, I was like, I'm going
0: to sit in that stand, and I'm going to shoot that buck, you know? (laughs) So I went and sat in his stand. Yep. I saw that deer. I'm almost positive of it because it was, a, I mean. Just a really big buck. Good looker. I mean, 50 yards away, I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? Like one of those. So I see it. I I give it a couple grunts. I get his attention for sure. He stops. He looks. I give a slight rattle, Mm -hmm. like a, you know, yeah, just just, something. uh, And it spooked him. Did it it did and it was his territory i mean i'm sitting over some of his scrapes mm-hmm. and that's when i was just like ah, you know what i mean like sometimes you don't you don't ever get that like reassuring like yep affirmative that worked mhm i've never really had that and yeah. then, and then i had that scenario happen
1: and i was like god dang yeah. i think the the best responses i've had with rattling have been like blind rattling mm. where like There is enough distance between me and wherever that deer is that they just hear it, but they're like, like maybe in that case of the buck you're seeing, you rattled and he's like, okay, whatever's going on, like I should be able to see whatever I'm hearing based on how loud that was. But it wasn't,
0: it wasn't in, it wasn't in his visibility. He's probably 150 yards. Okay. Well then, I don't know. I mean, I think. And I thought, like I was like in my head, I'm like, this deer is going to walk right to me. you're, you're in like, his bedroom i'm literally in I'm... his scrapes like yeah. right on him mm-hmm. i'm like he is coming in i i rattled real quick put my put it back in my you know my bag and i literally got my bow and i was hooked on
1: ready to draw because i was like he is coming he's coming in, in here yeah. he didn't, he you know, didn't. I was just like, huh. but just just wanted to throw that out there i think i mean i really think more than anything it depends on the time like where are they at in the breeding cycle i I think that bigger i think the i think a
0: lot of mature bucks are more weary than they are more aggressive mm -hmm. do you know what i mean mm -hmm.
1: and like you said it takes the right deer yeah i mean so i mean not all not all bucks want to be fighters i mean there's lovers i mean some of them probably really really passive they don't they're not looking for a fight they're looking for a doe Mm -hmm. you know ain't got time yeah
0: onyx is the number one gps hunting app on the market if you don't have Onyx, I would highly consider trying a free trial where you can get access to all 50 states and all of the mapping features and tools. Onyx allows you to send waypoints to your buddies, see public and private boundary lines, and see where you stand in live time. It also has a new weather feature that allows you to track weather and wind so you can stay on top of your game. Literally, it's a no brainer. If you go on your computer, not your mobile device, to onxmaps.com and use the promo code PAINTEDAROW, you will receive 20% off your elite or premium subscription. Know where you stand with Onex. There's nothing I like doing more than hunting elk in the western states. One of the main challenges of hunting big game species in western states is actually getting a tag. Furthermore, it's actually understanding each state's drawing systems, which can seem like a chore to figure out for beginners. Hunt is a company that has figured out how to simplify this obstacle for basic folk like you and me. GoHunt offers a subscription service called the Insider, which gives you access to the most accurate draw odds, species breakdowns, and strategy articles out there. Before I started using GoHunt, I would spend hours filing through kill harvest reports and data sheets looking for a good unit to hunt in, and using the Insider has streamlined this process, making it easier and more efficient than ever before. This has allowed me to find a place to go hunt, hence the name. Visit GoHunt.com to find out more and to start a free trial with the Insider Subscription Service. Shoe Sporting Goods in Jackson, Michigan has been in the business of selling outdoor equipment for over 30 years. They have over 1,000 new and used guns and over 500 new bows for you to choose from. This family-owned and operated company goes above and beyond to make sure that you are taken care of when it comes to buying gear. Use the promo code Painted Arrow Five at the checkout and receive five percent off your entire purchase. Yes, that does include guns and bows, folks. Go down to ShoePacks today. So you you got that deer. What did what did the um. the fat look
1: like on that deer that deer was not super fat no no there was I mean, some tall though he, he had some fat like he had some he had run probably a lot of it off looking for does um we had uh we were talking on wet, the phone the other thing. day
0: matured a mature buck mm-hmm. breeds how many deer oh
1: what did we say i think a mature six to ten yeah i thought we saw said Based on the different things we looked up, I think the consensus was a mature buck will breed 6 to 10 does in, in the couple of, couple of them said
0: 15, a couple of them said 6, a couple said 10.
1: Yeah. The big question I have is, like, what if four mature bucks, of the eight does that those four mature bucks bred, what if three of them bred the same doe? Like, Which one takes? Yeah. Who, who's yeah, whose fawns is that doe having? Mm-hmm. Like, how does that work? I'm just curious. I don't know. I think it'd be interesting to figure out. I mean, it's a deer plus you've got a question. you've got a million, not maybe not a million, but you've got a ton of year and a half year old bucks that are trying to get theirs too. My question is, is like, is there a certain age of
0: a doe? Like, you, you see yearling does everywhere. Mm-hmm. It seems
1: like I do. I don't know. <laughs> do those deer get bred? That'd be interesting to know. I did hear a really interesting thing from Ryan's dad. I don't know his source, but he was telling me that if anyone ever tells you that old does dry up, it's a myth. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, they, like, kind of like that place out out east of here, like one of those deer museums where they're monitoring deer behavior. Mm -hmm. There was a doe that was, like, she literally died of old age while she was pregnant with fawns. She was like, and he told me she was like 23 years old or 19 years old. Like something like just wouldn't happen in the wild. But that was proof that like the does don't dry up. They're going to, they were able to, to mother children until they just die from being old. I think we need to get a biologist on here and. Uh, That'd be really interesting. And hammer was with I would some have questions. a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sorry. Right, so that was November 13th. November
1: 13th. Yep. Yeah, two days before the Michigan gun season opener
0: so tell uh let's hear about this this second deer
1: so yeah um so obviously spent a couple days getting the bow buck taken care of and getting put in the freezer and doing the whole i mean we process our own deer so i mean that usually takes up some time Uh, i didn't go out on uh, I did not go out on November 15th because we had disgusting weather. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, I think you got, yeah, you guys went out I on the 16th as well. So, um, can't remember if I even hunted the 16th, but long story short, I tagged out and harvested my second deer on November 21st, mm-hmm. which was a Saturday. And so, um, that Saturday morning, again, my good buddy, well, I guess Friday night, my good buddy Tyler gets a hold of me and he's like, "Hey, I'm headed out to Grandpa's tomorrow. You want to meet up at Deer Camp? We can go sit together. Um, kind of like you and I did that one time where we set a double together. And it's like, hey, if it comes from the right side, it's yours. If it comes from the left side, it's mine. Yeah. So I was just, I mean, it's, uh, I think we both had like the adrenaline from harvesting a deer together in that same stand. Like when he was sitting with me when I shot that buck, it was just such a drug. Like we wanted that again. Like it was just cool. Yeah." So he was like, you want to go sit together? And I was like, sure. Um, and he had already shot a buck too. So we're both got one on the board. And we go sit together that morning at his grandpa's property. And, uh, you know, I'm still kind of forming my own opinion and and obviously my own resume and knowledge of deer behavior. But in my head, at least going into this year, November 21st, in my head was was kind of later, like you're maybe you're past peak rut. Are we even gonna still see bucks chasing? What's it gonna be like? And so we sit together, same stand I killed that the buck out of um, on November thirteenth, and we're sitting there and just at first light, like just at first light, we just hear k-choon, k-choon. like you can just hear it's a heavy deer just k-choon, k-choon, coming right from my left, which based on our arrangement would be my deer just marching through the woods and Tyler pulls up the binoculars. He goes and pardon my French, but he says big F and Buck. <laughs> like big F and Buck and we were I was like, Oh god And he, he he like looks at me and we're both kinda like just like the deer's just continuing to walk and I'm like, Tyler take that deer. He's like, Are you sh-? I'm like, Don't argue with me, grab your take that deer and so even though it's coming from the last I'm like left, I'm like, Tyler, take that deer and he pulls up and he shoots this deer and it mule kicks hard, so I'm pretty sure he smoked it. And we're sitting there, like, kind of celebrating, but kind of like, what the heck just happened? And then, out in the field, like, maybe five or seven minutes after he shot it, I see a deer out there, and I'm like, Tyler. And this is with your gun. This is not. Yes, a, this is. Yeah. He shot it with his muzzle loader. So I see a deer out there. I'm like, Tyler, that's not your deer, is it? And we pull up the binoculars, and just from the rear end, it's just a big old buck, and it's it's the deer. And so I'm just watching it and Tyler's like, "No, I miss, like he he's freaking out and I'm just watching this deer intently, like just trying to get anything I can as he's <laughs> walking through this field." Yeah. And his tail's just doing like just twitching fast, like just side to side just flicking. And I'm like, "You hit him." Like who knows how fatal it was and if he's going to die quick, but you hit him, like, "Look at his tail. He it's yeah, it's just yeah. like doing the death flicker." Yep. And um long story short, last time I see him, he runs up through this thicket. And uh, long story short, neighbor finds that deer laying on the backside of a golf course that's adjacent to his grandpa's property. So Tyler ends up getting the deer. It's a really, really nice buck. And uh, we we get up there, and we see that deer. I'm like, damn, I shouldn't have told you to take that deer that came from. I wanted to shoot that. Like, you know, just the classic giving each other some crap. But, no, I was incredibly happy for him. It was actually his biggest deer of his life. Um, and I'm hunting on his property, you know, with his his grandpa's, like I'm not biggest deer of his life. And I'm going to no, not a chance. So that was really, really cool. Um, but like, you know, I go home and I'm like, dang, like I just saw a big old buck with my buddy. He shot it. Like, so then uh, I'm talking to my wife and she's God bless her, but she's, you know, I've hunted hard this year and Mm. she's just like, when are you going to get tagged out and be all done (laughs) hunting? Like we're getting late into November now. Yeah. And I'm like, I ah, I know. I'm like, just give me give me a couple more days. Let me hunt hard. You know, I'll, I'll get it done. She's like, and I wasn't gonna hunt Saturday night. I was gonna hunt Sunday morning. She's like, well, why don't we go over to your parents? You can hunt tonight. I'll hang out with your sisters, and then you know when you come in, we'll all have dinner or whatever. I'm like, gotta ask me twice. <laughs> so we go over there, and this is the this is the property that i've spent all my time on i planted my food plots i put in my trails I just i put a lot of sweat equity in here and um really the only people hunting it are myself ryan and then you whenever you're in town mm-hmm. and ryan had shot his deer on november 11th that wednesday so now it's november 21st from november 11th to november 21st myself or him have not hunted this property. So it's been sitting for 10 days through the rut, basically. And, um, you know, again, going into the season, I wasn't sure what deer activity, like, once you get past November 20th, was going to be like. Like, I just didn't know. Are they still rutting? Are they not? Blah, 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 blah. And I go out, and I start seeing some action pretty early in the in the afternoon. Like 3 o'clock, I had a, a young doe slip from the thicket over into the food plot, and she's feeding And then at, like, 4.30, I see three really mature does on a sprint coming from the thicket. And I'm like, eh, I know what that means. So I throw up the binoculars. I don't even look at the does. I just throw up the binoculars where they came from. And, like, not even long enough to tell what it was, but just quickly see a rack down towards the ground coming out of the thick stuff where they just came from. Mm Mm-hmm. And these does like the reason I only threw it up and saw the buck, and then threw the binoculars back down is because these does had just walked right through a shooting lane. So I saw antlers through the through the binoculars down and got my gun up, and just I'm sitting right on on this shooting lane. I know exactly what you're talking right, about. You're, right, the stand you sat in tonight, right down to your left, up that hedgerow, just a beautiful clearing. I literally, uh, no joke, I probably saw
0: twenty three deer walk through that, that exact same path. same path. Yep, they come out of the same
1: spot. Hmm. Anyway. So they both passed through that that path, and this buck, and again, I don't know what he is. I, I, if you would have asked me, like, if you froze time after I threw my binoculars down, you said, Devin, what, what is that deer? I probably would have told you, I don't know, decent eight point. Like, yeah. I don't know. Right. Like, I had no clue. Could have been as good as that deer that we shot together. I mean, I don't know. Just some ivory. Just, yeah, and- just, just. I mean, he's not a spike. He's not a six point. Like, he's at least a two and a half year old deer. Like, once it passes that filter for me, it's like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to take this deer. <laughs> yeah. So he's coming into this clearing and I've got my gun ready, I'm hunkered down. He gets into the clearing where those does crossed through and I I go mr to stop him and he just keeps marching. Just doesn't even acknowledge me. The problem with, with that your is, mouth, Meh. yeah. I went Meh, like to stop him. Stop him, okay. Cause he cause he was he was moving pretty good because those does were running and they headed right to the food plot, so he wasn't running, but he was he was moving right along. Problem is when I go Meh, to stop him. The oh three dear. the three does that just went oh. into the food plot plus the other two which are up by that tree in the real south close. end are they're now that I just gave away my position all three deer are locked onto me.
0: This stand real quick so it's a it's not
1: on the food plot. Nope,
0: it's off the food plot or, a
1: good forty yards. Early season like with a bow there's not a chance you're shooting anything in no the way. food plot from this stand. No way. Late season when there's not a tree on the or you know, a leaf on the trees. Yeah there's some spots and pockets where you could shoot through the really thick stuff into the food plot. I would say 85% is not shootable. Correct. Yeah. If, Uh, if that, if, yeah. And that, that might be generous. Like saying that there's 15% you could shoot, that might be generous. But anyway, so I try to stop him and I give away my position to these four does. So I'm like, oh no, but he, so, so you've got that one clearing Mm -hmm. and then the next clearing, which is that big path that I cut, mm-hmm. that he, he gets into that, and I'm like, this is my last shot before he goes into really that that really thick stuff and then feeds off into the food plot, and I'm just never going to see him again. He gets into that one, and this time, like, I do a meh again, but I yell. Like, I'm meh. Like, I, I'm... I'll let him have it. <laughs> and now all these does, not only do they know where I'm at, they're like, what the heck? What what was that? Like, they're, they're, they're basically spooked. <laughs> Who's like that they, jackass? <laughs> like, like, they basically trot a little bit, but then stop. And they're like, what was that? And he still didn't even acknowledge me. Like, there's no wind. Like, I know he heard me, but he was only thinking about those three does. Yeah. And he goes right through just, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's just really thick. Yeah. Like, stuff that rabbits would live in. Like, just really thick. Like almost like a briar patch, and he feeds right through that, and that's the stuff that perimeters the food plot, and in most cases, that's what's between me and the food plot. Mm -hmm. And so now he's in the food plot, and he's got his his head to the ground, and he's kind of bumping some does around in the food plot, but he's not like he's kind of like multitasking. Like he's he's definitely wants the does attention, but he's also kind of like hungry as hell. Yeah, like he's been running. (laughs) Like we're November twenty first. Like he's he's hungry. So he's got his head down just hammering the, the turnips and the radishes. And and I'm at this point, like, trying not to be busted by these doughs. So, like, it's a big double stand, and I kind of sink down. Like, so my head and my eyes are just the only thing sticking up above the rail. And I've got my gun rested on it, and I'm just kind of watching. And I can see... Like through the thick stuff, I can see like a tail flick and an ear and like a flash of a body. Like you can't see them. Yeah, yeah, you you couldn't. You tell could if just it was te- a- you could tell there's deer in the food plot. You could you tell t- if it was a buck or a doe? Though there was a couple like flashes where he'd turn his head just right, and you're like, okay, well that one was the doe and that one was the buck. Like it's super tough. It's to It's really thick. But then for whatever reason, these does start working south, like a kind of my direction in the food plot, and he's again just feeding in the food plot, but he just follows the does and. every couple steps he takes, that really thick stuff between myself and him gets a little bit less dense to where, like, I've got the gun rested and I'm looking through my scope but with both eyes open. And I can just, like, I don't really know how to explain it, but every couple steps he took, like, his silhouette became a little more clear. And it was like, okay, there's clearly a rack. Still don't know what he is, but there's a rack and there's the body that's attached to it. Like, that's the buck and he just keeps taking a couple more steps through like in the food plot but working to the south end of it and that thick stuff just gets a little less dense and a little less dense and I'm like okay like let's see what this 450 Bushmaster can do <laughs> and so he's just stopped and he's very very slightly quartered to me almost broadside and uh he's stopped and he's just feeding and I clear at this point I clearly have a silhouette there's no guessing if this is a doe or if this is the buck I I can see his aunt, I could see ivory I know this one's the buck, and he's just sitting there feeding. And the does are at this point have decided that I'm not a threat or don't know what I am. And I just take a deep breath, and I shot right through all that thicket. And I shot. I basically put because he was quartered. I put it right, right, right on his on shoulder, his shoulder. Mm-hmm. and he. I mean, he dropped right where he stood. And then I shoot up to my feet. And once once I kind of stand up, I got a little bit better vantage point over that thick stuff, and I can now see him flopping around in the food plot. I'm like, oh, that's a really good buck. So I rack another one, and like, I think we've all heard the horror stories. And I'm not using muzzleloader, but like, with some some buddies of mine that use 50 caliber muzzleloaders, they and just up. in muzzleloaders, and in certain cases, they hit hard as hell, and they'll just take the animal right off their feet. But then they'll get back up. Yep. And so you know this is my first deer that I've harvested with a 450 I'm like it took him off his feet but what if you know I just didn't want to leave any doubt so I rack another one and I shoot him again and then I shot him again I shot I shot three times um the third shot missed um uh, maybe the second second or the third missed I don't know I only put two in him um the first one was entirely fatal I didn't even need I mean it it was it took his yeah. took yeah, the yeah. top of his heart out and I mean he would he was done but He just—he still acted like he wanted to get back up on his front legs, and I didn't want to leave any doubt, and so I shot. And then I like, then it started to hit me like, what the heck just happened? Like, there is a probably, and I didn't know at this point, but probably the biggest buck of my life is dead in the food plot I just planted on the property that I grew up on, my parents' my parents' house, and it was just, it was like this flood of emotions where I was like, what the heck just happened? And uh, so I call my dad, and I call you, and I call tyler and i'm just like telling everybody that you know I just, I just i knew so you know what's funny the story i just told about so this was at 4:50 in the afternoon
0: yeah the the buck that i rattled at and scared away the one that my brother had shot was trad and i saw it and mm-hmm. rattled at it and ran off that was the same night right right before you oh called, really you called me in the tree stand and i was like i know what is, <laughs> i know I what, know what you're is. telling me right now like yeah. i get the phone
1: and I knew. So I called you the first time before I got down, right? Out of the stand? Or did I call you, you when I was in me, the food plot next to the deer? You called me, like, before you had gone up Yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, like, I just... I don't even know what I... I have no clue what I said.
0: I knew exactly what you were going to What, did, what did I tell you? I, I don't remember. Because I was excited, too. I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. And so I... You, you were... you were—you were I had no idea how big he was at this point. Like, I can see... I mean, you told me you'd shot three times. Mm-hmm.
1: You're like... I told my wife I was gonna be done soon. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and so I like I can see his head just laid in the food plot resting on the rack and I'm like, that's that might be a really I mean it's a pretty good buck. It might be a really good buck. I don't know. And uh so I get down and I walk up that path in the hedgerow that I just cut that just goes right parallel to the food plot. Mm. And it's like it was like I was doing one of those classic things. where I'm, like, walking, and I'm, like, I'm not going to look at it. And I I pass that little (laughs) path that goes right in the food plot. I literally pass that that path. I'm, like, I'm going to go get my dad first. And then I, like, stop. I'm, like, well, maybe. No, I'm not going (laughs) to. I just keep walking, like, in my periphery. Like, I I wouldn't even let myself fully look at it, but I was just, like, what? Like, so I walk up, and so my dad's there. My mom's there. Both my sisters. um, My brother wasn't in town, and Logan was there, my wife. And um, my dad goes, "Did you get him?" I'm like, "Yeah, I, sh- I shot one." I was like, I-, "I shot a good one. He might be a really good one. I don't know." And Logan's like, "Well, I hope so. You shot three times because <laughs> they all heard it." And uh, yeah, like from where you shot to the house is like 200 <laughs> yards as the crow flies. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So they're um they're all like, "Well, we want to go see it." Because I was like, cause I I wasn't hyping it up because I hadn't even gone and seen it." But just from what I could see, like, with my naked eye from the stand into the food plot, I'm like, that might be a really good buck. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's the biggest of my life. And so I get down and go get them, and they're like, well, we want to go with you. And uh, I go get them, and we walk out into the food plot, and we walk up to this thing. And my the first thing my dad says was, Devin, what did you do? <laughs> and I, I walk up, and I'm inspecting this thing. He had more mass than any deer I've ever seen, ever, ever killed. He had double split brow tines, and then he had a crab claw on his right side. So he was, what, an 11, he was an eleven point. So if you take a main frame eight point and then split the brow tines, which would make him a ten, and then he had a crab claw on the right side, which made him an eleven, mm-hmm. and just an awesome deer. I mean, I, I'm not an official scorer, but I looked up how to score a deer got a flexible tape measure and did the whole deal and um i had him at like 134 and six eighths or something like that so i think gross i'll be close yeah gross yeah so i think i'll be close i mean but it's just i mean he wasn't really really wide he only had like a 15 and a half or a 16 inch inside spread but just a tall deer lots of tine length and just really big just really thick mass and you were telling me that you were telling me that he didn't have an ounce of fat. Eye. I was baffled. Like Nate, I'm not kidding you. I, like, I don't know if I can say in confidence that that deer would have made it through the winter if I didn't kill him. Like, nothing. Like, I, I couldn't have found tallow on here on that deer if you asked me to like, like, provide tallow from that deer for a million dollars. Like, he didn't have an ounce. An ounce. Like when we skinned him, it was like. It was literally just like just the meat. There was nothing, like nothing. So I was blown away, and I think this deer was—he was definitely three and a half. He might have been four and a half years old. Um, if he was three and a half, he just has really good genetics because mm-hmm. he had—I mean—to have double split brow tines at that age and as thick a mass as he had. Like, I mean, he was—he was just a when really you skin good deer. like when you skin like coyote or
0: like fox or something, something with like a big fur coat, mm-hmm. coon. Mm-hmm. That's how it looks. It looks like, because they don't really have a, m- a bunch of fat. Yeah. So you pull down that fur, and it's just like meat, and it looks it, it looks like a naked cat.
1: And that's what that's I'm imagining. What, it, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And the burger that I got off this deer was the leanest. I mean, there was no fat on him. That's crazy. Zero. I mean, you know that doe you shot last year? That just absolute unit of a doe that had like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she had, yeah, like, no exaggeration, she had inches of white fat on her in certain spots oh yeah he had nothing nothing like i don't know how he would have made it through the winter i really don't he still I mean, he, he was a still if you like look at the anatomy like he was still a big bodied deer he dressed at like 160 pounds I but i think it? three two weeks before that he was probably 180 190 pound deer if that doesn't ring true, like, you always see, like, late, late deer season tactics. Mm-hmm. Hunt the food. Hunt the
0: food. Well, that's like, that just affirms that. Yeah. I These mean, he bucks was... have been chasing doe and breeding. Like, that's the only time of year they get to do it. That's the only thing on their mind. That's the only thing they want to do. That's the, that's it. Mm-hmm. And it ends, and then they just put on the feed bag. Like you said, he was having a hard time keeping his head, you know, off the ground. He, yeah. He, he was interested in the does, but he was more interested in the turnips. It was crazy. It's. I love how your that your parents' property is like, long and skinny. Mm-hmm. You got the big thicket. Mm-hmm. You got the food plot that you put sweat equity into. Yep. You got a little bit of tall grass. It opens into big ag, and then you got the creek bottom and swamp. All in, and then there's hardwood. There's yep. like a strip of hardwood. Like you got it all, mm-hmm. and it's a blessing that the neighbors don't hunt real hard. Yeah.
1: I mean the. The day that one of them sells their property to somebody who decides they want to hunt their 11 acre parcel really hard, it could literally change everything for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, you know, my dad has talked about trying to buy up the adjacent parcels as time goes on. And if he does, it would basically be like a 44 or a 55 acre block that we would own. And then it would be game on. Game on. Um, but yeah, so we own two 11 acre strips, which is a total block of 22, which is still long and skinny real long. It's like it's like 590 yards long, long. Yep. cuz I mapped it out the other day. So then and that that property runs north and south. Then to the direct east there's two more 11-acre strips before you hit the road. Mm. Both owned by different people. Neither one of them hunts. So the the immediate adjacent 11 acres the the uh, property owner was gracious enough to tell us like we could just hunt it this year. So we really have 33. So if you think of that 33 long strip now, then there's one more parcel before the road on the East and they don't hunt. And then there's one more parcel on the direct West of us that they don't hunt. So it really is a 55 acre block that nobody hunts right now. I've just got permission to hunt about 33 of it. Right. And like you said, it's thick, thick in the top, north north east quadrant of the whole fifty five acre block. It's houses and stuff. It's thicket and yeah, but if you're talking about the oh, hunting yeah, yeah, portion, yeah. it's it's thicket where they bed, thick bedding. Then immediately south of that is where it kind of opens up into timber. You go farther south, it goes straight into swamp. Way west of that is where the ag is and in between the ag and that thicket is where I've got my food plot. You called me. I don't know if you remember this. You called me and you said you said some long lines like
0: like you were almost like didn't want to take credit for what you did. You were like, "Man, it's just I was just you, you know what I mean? You were like, it was such a good deer and you knew it was such a good deer that you were like, "Oh man, I'm like Devin, you literally said to me multiple times, like I just need to get something for the deer to stop as they cross through here mm-hmm. and you put in a food plot. You sweat into it. Mm -hmm. You were working on it all summer, fertilizer, watering it in that drought we had. And then I'm like, dude,
1: you literally, that was you. Like, that was your work. Those dough would not have done that. See, but in that moment, I was like, one, I was giving it to God. And I still do. Yeah, absolutely. But, But two, like... I probably was being a little overly sensitive to the fact that I just tagged out. You've been putting in as much time as I have, and you no. haven't put one on the ground yet. So I was probably being oversensitive to that. But you, you literally were like, Devin? My brother did the same thing. Yeah.
0: He's like, I shot both your deer out of your stand. <laughs> but that's the beauty of hunting, I'm telling you.
1: That's it's just... right. It's re- and I and I think that's what I kept saying was like, it was just right place, right time. And you're like, no, it you wasn't. Literally you literally did. told me, for, and, and I have told you this for a long time, that I believe my parents property is a crossing property yeah it's a 22 acre parcel that doesn't have a ton of reason for the deer to live there Mm -hmm. but they're crossing through it daily Mm -hmm. they're they live to the east and they feed to the west Yep. and if i can give them a reason to stop as they're going back and forth between the property that's where my chances are going to be a few seconds yeah and that's what made the difference in this case yep Yep. otherwise he would have fed right through that field and just kept the second lane that he went through when i yelled at him and he didn't stop that would have been it. He would have kept going because that would have been all grown-up um, prairie grass like we had, and he would have went right through that over into those soybean fields on the neighbor's property, and I would have never seen him. But I instead, am, he stopped. I am of the opinion, and maybe
0: you know this about me, Devin. <laughs> I am of the opinion that to shoot deer consistently of this caliber and quality in the state of Michigan, mm-hmm. I feel like that you're superior. Not I'm not saying you, but, like, yeah, yeah. you in this case, yes. But, yeah. like, these deer in this state, Are we're smart. talking about, they get hunted hard. Mm-hmm. Like, Pennsylvania's equivalent, maybe upstate New York. Yep. But there's not many other states that have as many hunters Myers. per square mile. There's just not. Yep. Deer don't live to be that old. Mm-hmm. And so when you're getting getting shots, like, like in opportunities like this, you, you know what you're doing and you're honing in on your skills. And mm-hmm. I think that that, uh, I just
1: love how you're doing, what you're doing. I do. Thank you. I, I feel like more than, the excitement more than killing the really good deer is the fact that, like, I feel like I can feel myself getting better as a sportsman every year. Like, I'm learning things mm-hmm. that literally are tangible. And I, I I've I mean, it, you would laugh if you went through my notes section right now and just read, like, I have this page that I call the Crickwoods buck notes and I've documented just the weather and the wind and just all the encounters I've had with deer that I would consider shooters that I didn't kill and what the date was and what the moon was doing like I'm I'm documenting stuff that I don't even know if it really matters but I've like I'm an analytical guy and more data like if I can analyze more data it's going to give me more opportunities I think so I've just become like almost obsessive about it and I can feel myself getting better as as a hunter and a sportsman every single year i mean we're young guys right it's not like we're just like i don't
0: i think like you said it once like we're both kind of cut from the same cloth in the aspect mm-hmm. when we do something we're probably going to do it balls to the walls yeah. full throttle both feet yeah right you know and that's kind of like this year like i've had a really good hunting season i shot an awesome turkey mm-hmm I shot an awesome bear. Mm-hmm. I shot my first elk, dude. And that, oh, oh
1: God, that was that was such a. <laughs> I when you called me from Colorado, I was in the shower. <laughs> I remember. I this. literally was in the shower, and I, my music in. Well, I'm li- in the shower. I listen to music. My music stops. So I peel the I peel the curtain open, and I just see Nate Hicks is calling me, and then it hits me. I'm like. He's supposed to be in the back country with no service. If he's calling me, I answered and I'm pretty <laughs> sure I just yelled, "You shot it an out." And <laughs> you, you were did. like, "I did." Yeah. I mean, I'm literally like have my phone in the shower. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah.
0: And then um yeah, that I was going to say like this this I I really am struggling to get the white tail filled. I can't fill a tag. Yeah. And it's tough because like like I was saying we're, we're going all out. I mean, It's not like we haven't been hunting hard Mm -hmm. since October Mm one. I mean, this is not like a game. This is not like this is very serious, and I think it is appropriate to get upset when you don't like. That's the goal.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like if that's your goal, like you have to lay boundaries and goals for yourself. When you're a goal goal
1: oriented individual, like I feel like an absolute failure at the moment. (laughs) When but when you're a goal oriented individual, it gives like you have to have. This is where I say you and I are cut from the same cloth. I have to have something mentally that I'm chasing and that I'm going after. Mm. But when you do that and you and, and self-awareness tells you that you're that way and you set these goals and you yeah. set the expectation of yourself that you're going to attain those goals, you're also giving yourself a tremendous amount of opportunity for disappointment. Yeah. Because in the pursuit of those goals is a million other things you can't control. Yeah. So you're going to control the controllables between here and there and hopefully yeah. find success. But yeah. if you don't find success, you're, you've are you given yourself the opportunity to be incredibly disappointed.
0: Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, I really want to tip my hat to the guys like myself who hunt a lot of public land. They do a lot of that scouting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not easy, dude. I mean, Mm-mm. when you have your own property and you know like stuff's not going to get stolen and you mm-hmm. can go out there and leave it and... You don't have to drive very far, but like when you're going out to other people's properties, even the private land places I have permission, you know, I got two or three like small, like, you know, places I can go hunt. Mm -hmm. Like I, they, they, it's, it's, there's challenges all the time. Like there's, there's the hunter pressure there. Yeah. You know, there's people riding dirt bikes. I got pictures of, you know, there's, I I can't put in a food plot. Mm -hmm. I don't have that kind of permission. I put out a, a camera this year. It got stolen. Yep. The, the the SD card was gone when I got it. It's just it's that's just, the frustrating there's just, piece. There's and so much frustration that I had this year, and it's not. It's just not for lack of effort. It's not for over hunting a certain area. It's not for lack of preparation. It's not for like it's anything. It's the uncontrollables, and it's tearing that's, me up. That's man. where
1: that's where it gets frustrating because you're even self aware enough to go, hey, like the reason I'm not being successful isn't because of me. Like I'm controlling the things I can control very well, and the reason I haven't been successful. Is because of these things I can't control, and there's nothing more frustrating than that. So last year, I was out hunting on this
0: piece of public land. Mm-hmm. Buck came out. I shot it with a muzzleloader. Just like you said, bam, goes down like a ton of bricks. Yep. It gets up and runs away. Me and my dad trailed for the next two days, couldn't find it. I cried about it. Not yeah, really. But, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Upset. Be, you were torn off. Yep. Go back there this year. I see buck sign. Everywhere. Everywhere. Now, I don't think it's the same buck. I'm not trying right. to make that correlation. But just, like, that's the area I'm at. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, and I called you. What did I tell you? There's a guy that just walked up with his daughter. They're eating Doritos, Doritos and smoking, smoking cigarettes. Yeah, fifty yards from me. From you, just climbed up this tree in your saddle, and you're sitting there. In the I'm, f- I'm over a sign. scrape of a lifetime, like mm-hmm. early October. Like yep. you might see this guy come through. Early scrape, mm-hmm. early rub, right in front of me. I'm like, I was feeling it. Yep. And I don't even know how this guy found me. It's not like I was like on the path. I mean, I'm way it's out. Off the grid, yeah. And there's some random guy, and I got on my binoculars, I'm waving at him. It's
1: stuff like that that I was just like, come on, man. <sighs> like, yeah, you put in the time, you marked those waypoints, you knew where you were going, you put yourself in the bedroom of the buck just like you did last year, and then there's some guy smoking Marlboros and eating burritos <laughs> at 50 yards from you. You can't control that. Yeah. No, but it's the season's not done. It ain't. It ain't done. And that's, yeah, I don't know. I, I think <clears throat> that... I've spent a lot of time this year trying to figure out, like, the cycle of whitetail behavior. Like, when they go from being incredibly motivated by the ladies to motivated by food. Mm. Like, where is that tipping point? I think this year you got the late... uh, Like, I think, remember when we were talking
0: elk on the previous podcast we did, how that snowstorm came in? Mm -hmm. I think that,
1: in a lot of ways across the country, things were a little delayed this year. And I think that that's what you saw on the 21st. Yeah, I think that might be right. But I also think... Maybe it's not because during the, like what I would consider peak rut, like early October before the peak rut, I saw, every time I went out there, I saw 30 freaking deer because they were just piling into that food plot.
0: It's tore up right now.
1: Yeah. Completely almost (laughs) gone. gone. Yeah. So early October, like every time you sat, pressure almost didn't matter. I mean, it would with the mature deer, but like deer just piled in there Mm. then we got close to the rut and the only deer i would see when i would sit that were going that were specifically going to the food plot were button bucks and young does that's it like that peak rut time you not saying i didn't still see mature does and bucks but they were not focused on going to the food plot they were out in the swamp or out in these other areas because they're focused on breeding and then November twenty first rolls around, these three mature does mature does go right into the food plot and the biggest buck of my life goes in the food plot and is eating turnips. So I feel like that's where that tipping point started to go from like, yeah, I still want to breed, but I gotta eat or I'm gonna die. Like I feel like that's when that started to happen. But mm. I think that you probably right. I don't know. I mean and and just to clarify too, this food plot's not huge. Like the the food plot I mean, I might make it bigger next year, but the food plot I put in this year was Somewhere between 0.6 and basically three quarters of an acre, like it's it's not huge, and parts of it didn't come in that great. Most so, of it, I would say, 60 to 70 percent of it came in really good, so and like the deer tonight, deleted it.
0: Like I saw over 30 doe, mm-hmm. and it's interesting to see. Like most of them came from the thicket down that same exact path that we were talking, but a lot of them came from the swamp. Interesting, and a lot of them came from the road. Three different locations, but you know where they all went before they went out to that ag field. Hmm. They all went right through your food plot. Yeah, every single one. It's like it's there's a scrape in there. It's not being used right now, but it's like definitely it it works. I'm bought in. Like I'm I'm going to try and ask all the private property owners that I have permission, Mm -hmm. like. Can I please put Plant a in micro plot, just, just a little
1: kill plot, just something to get them to stop?
0: Let me take a rake in there and raise yeah. hell,
1: yep. and just grind up the dirt a little and throw some seed in. One of the the main takeaways I had away f- had from this season that that I'm interested to see if it proves true next year is. <clears throat> so I, I planted my first half-ass food plot in 2018. Did, had mixed results, very mixed results. It wasn't as big as it was this year. I didn't put my, I didn't put any stands near it, so I didn't see the same. It was very different experience from this year. Last year, in 2019, I didn't plant one. Mm. This year, I planted one and had unbelievable results. So you take those notes and, and you learn from them. What I'm interested to find out is, like I said, at, when you go out there any single night, I can guarantee you, you're going to see, at a minimum, young does and button bucks and spikes or whatever in that food plot. Guaranteed what I'm, what I'm interested to see if that happens next year is those deer grew up, grew up quote unquote with that being there. So I'm interested to see if next year, when some of those are, when those one and a half year old bucks are now two and a half year old bucks, if in their, their memory or in their life and their breeding pattern, they know, oh, last year at this time, like, like I want to see if, if as the food plot grows each year, yeah, With the deer, if, if it becomes something they're used to using, like maybe this year, I got way more use out of it by young deer because they're young deer and they, they found it when they were young, but maybe now that they know that that's there as older deer, they'll use it maybe more in the daylight next year. I don't know that. I think you will keep, but I here. like, I like to think that a four and a half year old buck this year during breeding season, probably is going to do whatever he did last year during breeding season. And if he didn't go to that food plot last year because it wasn't there to check for does, why is he going to go there this year? He doesn't know about it. Like I, That's what I'm saying is I feel like if they know it's there, maybe next year those deer that are now older, You'll keep- older nicer bucks, they're going to go there to check for does. During, I'm just interested to see how it changes. Yep, yep. So I don't know if there's any truth to that or not. But, yeah, I learned a ton from planting that food plot this year. I definitely will plant it a little later. You can do the same thing. Probably similar mix, yeah. Um, I will plant it later. I planted it a little too early in August this year. We had a fairly uncommon drought. I mean, August is notoriously hot and relatively dry, but we went a long frickin' time without um, water and rain. And it got to the point where my food plot was starting to turn from green to, like,
0: yellowish and purple.
1: (laughs) And they say when the leaves start turning yellow and purple, it's lacking nutrients. So, I ran like 500 yards of hose and this little half ass sprinkler out there, and I was rotating it and trying to get just because I didn't want to lose the food plot. I don't know if I saved it or not, but I'd say anything. you did. There's turnip, I'd say whatever there, you did worked. <laughs> there's turnips out there the size of small pumpkins. Like, there's freaking softball sized turnips out there that the deer were just wrecking. So yeah, I remember like earlier in the season, you could look through
0: that thicket that you're talking about and you could see a body on, and the background was green yeah. grass. So you could see the outline of the deer a lot better. Mm-hmm. And tonight I was Can't. seeing doe out there and I'm like, oh, that's a, that's deer. a deer. It's yeah. just like
1: a little, it's like blends in with the dirt. Cause mm-hmm. they've hit it so hard. Yeah, they've, they've wrecked it. And I think the other thing that was interesting is everybody told me, or a lot of people told me when you plant a food plot <clears throat> earlier in the season, especially after the first frost, all the starch in those leaves turns to sugar so right after the first frost of the year the deer are going to go in there and start mowing the leaves off everything and that was pretty true like they started just eating leaves and then late season they come back and then you said that's when you're going to see them start digging up the bulbs like the actual root ball of the turnip and the radishes and then you'll see and I mean I've literally been looking at deer in binoculars with half a radish hanging out of their mouth so it, was, it was cool it was really cool I'll definitely do it again next year Yeah. right on <laughs> Well, how should we end this? I don't know, man. I Like I said, I wanted to tie it back in a little bit because that the hunt for the deer that I killed with my bow, um, it was like up and then down and then up and then down, like big bucks everywhere, disappointment in the fact that I forgot to set my sight back on the first deer. Then I miss a second deer because I either misheard my buddy or he told me the wrong range, and then it ends with me killing a deer. Mm. Like when you – like just the, the keep hunting thing really resonates with me because like after the second one, I was ready to get down out of the damn stand. Mm -hmm. Like I put in the preparation, I shot my bow more than anybody that you or I know. (laughs) And I was like, why, why do I even prepare for like, I'm done. Like I'm getting down. And my buddy was just like, Tyler was like, there's still deer in the area, knock another arrow, like sack up, like just like, (laughs) don't be a baby, like get, get back on the high horse. Like you're, and then when we saw that deer and he was just like, Devin, you're going to kill this deer. Like the keep hunting thing, like especially during the rut, anything can change at any point. I would agree.
0: I've honestly, like I got pretty, you know, this will be my concluding thought and you can say whatever you want and we can end. But I really did kind of like, I took a break from hunting
1: yeah did you notice that yeah you took like a mental
0: breather I I I think the last day that I hunted was the 23rd and I didn't go hunting until December 1st Mm -hmm. like I I was needed I was like I was hunting hard since October 1 I had a lot of days logged I had just mentally physically I just I was I was getting to the point where I'd go out and I'd sit and I was just like I'm not going to see shit. Yeah. And I had that you attitude. It. And I was just like, what why why am, am I, I right why, now? Why am I out like, here? What yeah. is this? Mm-hmm. Like I wanted that mojo back. I took a break, took care of some family things. Mm-hmm. You know, asked my fiance to marry me. Mm-hmm. It did did those kind of things. Talked God
1: a little bit and then to, got back in the stand.
0: And uh so yeah, that I've been really selective with the days now though, late season like Especially, you know, I'm not driving across the state every night like I, I was during prime time deer mm-hmm. hunting, but um yeah, just taking advantage of the opportunities and I'm keep yeah. I'm keep hunting. You the, gotta keep hunting. Keep man. hunting. That
1: that needs to be like on a painted arrow shirt. Just keep hunting. We should keep make a T shirt. There's so
0: many T shirts we we could have made yeah. right now. Yeah. Could have made
1: millions. We should have, yeah. Should.
0: All right, well, I guess that's the Big buck ender is uh, if you're out there and you still haven't filled your tag and you're like me, just keep hunting keep hunting. Cause that's what that's what it's all about. We love it. Alrighty guys, appreciate you listening along and we'll see ya.